guys, I'm, are you guys excited for Super Bowl? A little bit, a little bit? You know, I mean, not excited, necessarily excited for the game, you know, but when you know what I love about the Super Bowl? Super Bowl is one of the last common space we have left in this country. You know what I'm talking about, common space? It's a space where it don't matter what political association you have, what religion you are, what ethnicity, what your sexual affiliations are, right? You can sit before a screen on Super Bowl Sunday and have a good time with everybody else. It's like one of those last common space where people can be together without, like, arguing, pointing fingers, and hating upon each other. You know what's funny, though? Like, it's supposed to be, that, that, that used to be our, our, our institutions and our schools. That's how it's supposed to be, right? We've lost that. We lost it. And you know what's crazy? We lost it in church, too. Right? This place is supposed to be a place where come as you are, not come as we expect you to be, right? And we, we, we've lost these common spaces uh, in this country. And so I love the Super Bowl, and I, I love the fact that you can bring anyone out and have a good time with that. So uh, we are having uh, i I'm not sure whom's allowed me to say, but anyways, come over to home's house. It's the Super Bowl at that time. It's free invite. Uh, just bring something with you guys where you guys are over there, okay? If you don't know where it is, ask one of the peeps. They'll let you know where it is. All right. Hey, guys, we are in a new series. We are in a new series called Pour Out Your Life. Pour Out Your Life. We are starting year 2020. The theme for this year, we haven't really addressed the fullness of the theme yet, but our theme for 2020 is Beyond Us, A Year for Others. And this, this theme, this heart of it, is pretty much this. This year, instead of trying to live the best life possible for you, right, uh, it's, a, it's, it's the hope that you would live the best life possible for someone else, right? That you would walk alongside somebody, that you would pour out your life into somebody where instead of making yourself better, you are encouraging and blessing them. Instead of actually um, trying to create a better version of yourself, you are living a year where you are lifting people up, where they can become better versions of themselves. A year when you focus on other people and not on yourself, all right? A year where you need to do what you need to do so that they can become where they need to be, right? And so that's our, that's our hope, and this is the year where we're, we're, we're praying. We, we, we try to do this every year. I mean, every year we, we, we touch upon this, but every year when we pick a theme, it's kind of just to hone in on that theme, to kind of give you guys focus for the year. Like, you know, what am I doing? What am I doing for, with our church? Where is our church going? Um, we're still doing all the other stuff, but this year our main focus it's saying this, will my life, the life that I live this year and the years to come, hopefully, but will my life this year take an intentional turn towards other people? Will I actually seek to live this life for the betterment of my brothers and my sisters? Will I desire to lift them up, to live as a sacrifice for them? Because the heart of Christianity is that. At the heart of Christianity is Jesus Christ sacrificing his life for us, his people. And so as we get into the theme this year, that's what we're hoping for. And this journey for this series is if you stick it with me, if you stick it out with me, you're going to find yourself um, learning about the treasures and the wisdom in this letter that Paul writes to Timothy. Wisdom and, and treasures of how to be a better leader, better father, better husband, boss, manager, small group leader, salt leader, um, ministry leader, right, it's going to give you the wisdom of what it looks like for you to pour out your life unto somebody else. It's going to guide you on how to live your life in such a way where you are being a blessing and encouragement to your wife, to your husband, to the people in whom you serve. 
Okay? And so that's the heart of, of Timothy and the heart of, this, of uh, the purpose of why we're doing this series. Right? And so stick it out with me. Stick it out with us as you join us for the next eight weeks or so. Um, engaging with it well, as we go through this letter uh, together. Okay? A background on the letter. A couple things, uh, just a quick background. It's written by Paul. Paul is one of the original, uh, one of the apostles of Jesus Christ. He was the apostle who pretty much wrote the majority of the New Testament. He, was, he carried on the traditional Jewish literary uh, geniuses of the time, and he wrote and he, he, and he pushed forward Christianity into the new era of the Greek uh, world. Okay? He's one of the original apostles. He reached out to Gentiles. We are here in the church because of the mission work he did when he did it. Okay? Without him, we would not even be here. So Paul writes this letter after he got in prison. He got out of prison, and he writes this letter to Timothy. His, what he, whom he calls his true son in the faith. And the reason why Timothy is his true son in the faith is Timothy was converted through Paul's teaching. Paul chose and taught Timothy, brought him alongside him on his missionary journey. He served under Paul. Timothy served under Paul, traveled with Paul, and was commissioned by Paul to be a pastor in a church in the area of Ephesus, Right? And so the whole entire Christian journey for Timothy hinged upon the discipleship and the love that Paul gave to him. And as we read this letter, what we're going to be learning from this letter is, if Paul pours into Timothy's life like this, Timothy, I want you to pour into the life of those around you in the same way. And I hope that as we glean into this letter together, we're going to be able to catch the, the beauty of what it looks like for us as believers or us just as people to invest into the life of someone else this year. That we would live a year that's beyond us, a year for others, a year where we are pouring out our lives for the people around us. You guys get me? You guys get where we're going this year? Right? That's my hope. Can you imagine a church like that? Can you imagine a church, one year, our church one year from now, when we are living in such a way where we are pouring out our lives for one another, right? Deeply, intentionally doing it, Okay? Um, so let me, let me pray, and then we'll get started. Father, we, uh, we thank you, God, for this, this beginning of this series. We thank you, Lord, for uh, this day, Lord. Uh, it's uh, such a beautiful worship, singing all the old songs, Lord. Um, it brought back a lot of memories, good memories, our relationships together. And I just pray, oh God, that as we come now into this place to hear your word, Lord, would you convict our hearts? Would you anoint this place with your presence and your spirit? Lord, that you would use the words um, that you've given to me to be a blessing, an encouragement, a conviction for my brothers and sisters here. And I pray, oh Lord, that you would use me and worthy as I am to do the work that you have called me to do. Father, we thank you so much. We praise you. We pray all these things in your name. Amen. Amen. All right. Open your Bibles to 1 Timothy. We're going to read the first three verses. And it's pretty much the introduction of what I am uh, going to go at right now. So Paul left Timothy in charge of a church in Ephesus, and he's like, I need you to be here because there's a bunch of men here who are teaching the wrong thing. They're laying down the wrong law for people. They're doing it in an incorrect form, an incorrect way. It's not proper. I need you to go there. I need you to command them to stop. I need you to command them to see what is the proper way of addressing the laws of God, the words of God. All right? 1 Timothy chapter 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the command of, our God, of God our Savior and of Christ Jesus our hope, to Timothy, my true son in the faith, 
grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. As I urge you when I went into Macedonia, stay there in Ephesus so that you may command certain men not to teach false doctrines any longer. Verse 4, nor to devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies. These promote controversies rather than God's work, which is by faith. The goal of this command is love, which comes from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Some have wandered away from these and turned to meaningless talk. They want to be teachers of the law, but they do not know what they are talking about or what they so confidently affirm. All right, the law. Paul is going to lay down to Timothy and say, look, there is a problem. These men, they're teaching the law improperly. They're teaching it in a way that's not building and, 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 and guiding. They're teaching it in a way that's just creating more talk, controversies, and it just doesn't build anything. It doesn't create growth. Okay? And I know that when we hear the word the law, the first thing that goes through your mind is the idea of do's and don'ts, right? Or Christian, re- Christian religion, right? It seems like it's all about do's and don'ts. These are things that I'm supposed to do, and these are things I'm not supposed to do. I'm allowed to do these things, I'm not allowed to do these things, and it's just, the Christian walk is just like that. You have this kind of impression that what religion, that's what religion is, right? And you're not wrong, right? You're not wrong. And, and, and the problem sometimes here is this, too. The moment you hear all of these laws, you also naturally start thinking about the loopholes, right? What do I need to do to obey it but without actually doing it? You guys get me? Like, what, what can I do to actually obey it and not do it? Because I don't actually want to do it. I just want to get around it to cover my bases. You know what I'm talking about? You guys know what I'm talking about. Let me, let me give you a, an example, right? We're, we've been moving, and uh, my, 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 I told my son, so he said, all the toys you don't play with, we're going to donate it, right? He said, you understand me? He's like, yes, daddy. I said, so what did I say? He said, donate all the toys I don't play with. I said, that is correct, okay? So figure out what toys you don't play with, and then we're going to put it into a box. We're going to donate it, okay? That was the command. That was the law. That was what I placed down for him. And so what did he do? He said, yes, I understand, right? But he tried to find a what? A loophole, right? So that day, I see him kind of run up and down stairs like the whole time. Like, I didn't know what he was doing. He was running up and down stairs. You know what he was doing? He was grabbing every toy. Right? He's like, he's kind of come up. He's like, kind of da da da. And then he tried to dance in front of me for a little bit. And he goes back down. He brings up another toy. Da 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 da. And then he comes back down. It's like these little tiny little Lego bricks. He comes up. He just, he's like, and then he goes back down. Right? Next day, I come up. I say, hey, so did you figure out what toys? He said, yes, daddy. So I picked up a toy. I said, this one, donate or keep? I said, uh, keep. As he said, you don't, you don't play with this toy. Daddy, didn't you see me yesterday? I was playing with it. Right? I was like, no, you never play with it. This is the, no, you haven't played with it the whole entire year. I said, Daddy, you said toys I don't play with, donate. I was playing with it. We have to keep it. And he's, he's a hoarder, like his mom. So I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I was like, all right. right so, I, so, I, so I mean, it was funny because I was like, dang it, you, you're not wrong. You weren't wrong, right? You, I mean, you didn't apply the law properly, but you weren't, you weren't wrong in this, in this application of this, right? You guys know what I'm talking about. Sometimes in Christian, Christianese and Christian religion, we do the exact same thing. We try to get around the laws, right? You know, when God says, you know, do not have sex before marriage or, you know, save the marriage, but we're like, okay, well, how do I get around that, right? I need, I need to figure out how to, like, kind of maneuver my way around this. Like, technically, you know, if we wanted to be technical about it, nothing really happened, right? See, probably, maybe, maybe, right? But you're not wrong, but you probably applied it improperly. You guys know what I'm saying, right? We always try to find these loopholes around these laws. 
Okay? And so Paul comes and he says, there's a lot of people who are going around teaching our church the improper application of the law. And what's happening is these are, these are the kind of guys that talks about, like, the end times. Like, so you better act up, right? So, you know, Jesus Christ is coming back right now. So you better change the way you're, 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 you're living your life or else, you know, he's going to come back and he's going to find you wanting. You know, like, we get stuff like um, people, like, they show pictures of barcodes on the hands, you know, like, hey, check it out. You know, barcodes on the hand. That's like in Revelation somewhere, you know? You know, like, and so Jesus is coming back. We're living in the moment of the end times, freaking out people forcing them to conform to a do or don't mentality. You guys get me? Do or don't. Do this and you're good. Don't do this and you're, you know, screwed. Okay? And so we, we have people that comes in and start applying the, the, the stuff like that. They start talking about, like, you know, um, Satan's all over our world. You know, you know that monster drink you drink, right? It's run by Satan worshipers, and they kind of do this, this, uh, this uh, whole uh, explanation of why that M is like a Hebrew word for, I don't know, man. Like, I, was, I was like, this is crazy. But, but they do that. Why? Because like, it's infiltrating your life. So you got to be pure. Get away from that. Do this. Don't do that. You guys get me? They, they create a lot of controversies. They create a lot of issues. They create a lot of, like, he says what? Meaningless talk. But it doesn't go anywhere because the improper application of the law. If you are a leader, if you are a small group leader, a father, a mother, if you are someone who is actually involved in leading somebody, the improper application of the law is always when it does not seek to change your life to love. The improper application of the law is merely doing and don't doing. Merely a state of here is the job, do this and you're good, don't do this and you're bad, right? But Paul is telling Timothy, look, what is the proper application of law? The command that you're supposed to give, verse 5, the goal of this command is to love, which comes from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. The end goal of any teaching is love. And so my question to you as as we begin to deal with this, when you teach, when you lead, when you manage, when you deal with people, right, are you bringing them towards love more, or are you creating religion for them more? Are you creating a sense of change from the inside out for the people that you lead, manage, and watch over, or are you creating for them a confined mask or duty or box that you place them in, saying this is how you're supposed to be, and if you're like this, you're good to go? Paul is saying, no, these men... They're creating boxes for people. They're forcing people to be conformed to this way. The command to apply the law correctly is out of love. When you deal with people, do you see them growing towards transparency? Do you see them growing with pureness of wanting to love someone? Do you see the progression of their life caring for their fellow man? Do you see them saying the right things? Or do you see them saying the right things only so that they can do the other things? Are they merely going through the formalities of it? So if you're a leader, if you're someone who is in charge of somebody, what are you trying to create out of them? What are you doing? Paul is saying if you're going to lead, whether it's not even just in the church, if you're going to lead in the world around you, are you building them up from the inside out or are you forcing them to conform to some sort of picture? And in the church, we do this the worst way. You know how we conform? We say, look, people don't like the way you're acting. People don't like what you're doing behind closed doors. People don't like what you're doing uh, in social public. So you got to stop doing that. 
do's and don'ts, right? So instead of actually moving towards transparency of love, what we find themselves is hiding and keeping their lives secret. Saying one thing, yeah, 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 I got you, but actually doing something different. See, if your leadership, if your guidance, if you're watching, if you're a father and your mother, if you live a life where you are pushing the people in whom God has given you to serve and to lead and to watch over, and they are not growing in love, you have applied the law improperly. If you've done it all about do's and don'ts so that way we can be accepted here and there, you've applied the laws improperly. Right? Think about this. Do you use, do you see your people fighting over the inward battle of wanting to do right by God but struggling because there is a deep sin in their life? Do you, do you see them with that struggle? Do you see them fighting for that struggle? Do you see their conscience working? The Bible says what? The, the, the command is love. The goal is love which comes from a pure heart, a good conscience. Do you see their conscience working or are you teaching them to hide their lives more? All right? Do you find loopholes out of this? Do you see them living a life of faith? Trying to grow in their faith. Do you see progression in there? Or are they just merely going through the motion? Thinking that, you know what? I show up to church. I'm good to go. You know what? I I've, I've did my tithe. I'm good to go. What are you teaching people? What are you guiding them towards? And everyone is going to be a teacher one day. Everyone's leading someday, someone someday, right? Whether you're a salt leader, whether you're a small group leader, whether you're a ministry leader, whether you're a father, whether you're a mother, right? What are you guiding your people towards? And Paul is saying, if you guide them towards an improper application of the law, if you apply them towards an improper application of the law, you have done wrong. But if you guide them in a way where they're growing in love, and it could take a long time, but if they're growing in progression of it, right, then be patient with them and walk with them. Right? Some of us, look, look at verse 7. Think about the things that we get informed by. They want to be teachers, these people of the law, but they do not know what they are talking about or what they so confidently affirm. Right? Think of the things that inform your life, teachers that teaches your life, laws that are placed down into your heart. Right? Things are the thing, think of the things that you um, hold on to and listen to. Right? Think about, uh, are you simply seeking for outward change, or are, you, or are they teaching you in such a way where they're giving you transformative change from the inside out? Right? Think about, for example, the do's and don'ts of marriage. Right? You, got, you got some people speaking marriage into your life. You got people saying do's and don'ts of child rearing, do's and don'ts of financial planning, do's and don'ts of uh, church growth, of leadership growth, or evangelism, do's and don'ts of missions, do's and don'ts of how to be popular, do's and don'ts of what it means to be a social influencer, do's and don'ts of what it looks like to be racial justice, anything, do's and don'ts. All of these do's and don'ts, you know what I'm talking about. If you want to be popular, do this, don't do that. If you want to uh, dress to impress, do this and don't do that. Uh, if you want to make money, do this or don't do that. If you want to get ahead, do this and don't do that, right? You have all these people telling you what to do, but the question I'm asking you as you're being taught by this, as you're being informed by this, the question is, is it actually changing you from the inside out or are you merely now putting on another mask for your life? Because that's what they do. That's what it is. When you begin to let yourself be informed by something, be informed by a very specific topic, you are placing a mask onto your life. 
If you want to be a good mother, place this mask upon you. If you want to be a good father, place this mask upon you. If you want to be a good husband or a good wife or a good boyfriend or a good girlfriend, put this mask on. This is what you do. This is what you don't. If you want to be a good member of the church, do this. Don't do that. If you want to engage in, if you want to be popular, if you want to dress in press, do this. Don't do that. You're placing masks upon your life, and there's no actual change from the inside out. And so this is why Paul is saying, think about this. All of these people who are teaching, they're not teaching you to understand the beauty and the power of the gospel changing your life from the inside out, teaching you to love from the inside out. All they're doing is they're making masks for you over and over, and you just have layers upon layers upon layers going on in your life. You know what I'm talking about? I know you know what I'm talking about. How many masks do you guys have? All right? How many masks do you guys wear day to day? All right? How many, how many, how many masks do you guys put on, try to fit in or to try to um, conform yourself to what seems natural or acceptable. Paul is saying, you were never meant to wear masks. You were always meant to grow from the inside out, right? We do this all the time, don't we? Right? I do it to my kids all the time. I don't mean to, but I end up doing it to, you know, like Enoch, man, he's, he, he, wears a, he wears a deep mask, right? Like, when he's with me or with grandma, his mask is like fear, right? Like, like I'm going to act cute because they know, I, you know, but the moment mom comes, mask comes off, like, right? He goes all crazy, you know? We put on masks all the time, but we, what, we, what I'm asking is do we actually, one, as we listen to these programs, as, we, as we're being taught and formed and go through this life, are we, is it, ask yourself the question, be alert and ask yourself the question, is this actually Helping me to grow deeper in love. They have great wisdom. I'm not saying that you shouldn't pick up on the wisdom, but if it's really all it is, is just creating some sort of more facade for you and you, and, you, and you buy into it, Paul is saying, man, you're hollowing yourself out. That's what you're doing. These men who teach us, they're hollowing you out because you're, they're placing more and more masks upon you. They're making you become more and more fake as the days goes by. That's why I told you here at TLC, I mean, who you are on social media, like, let it be who you are when you come to the pews, right? Who you are when no one's watching, let it be the same person that comes here. No one's asked you to, like, dress up and be, you know, like, all perfect and holy and beautiful when you come to church. It's not like that. Because as long as you're honest, then we can deal. But if you wear a mask, how are we supposed to figure out what it is, right? And if you're a teacher... If you're a leader, right, when you lead people, are you helping them or are you actually hurting them? Have you reflected that? Am, am I so caught up in trying to make them look a certain way, be a certain way, that instead of actually helping them, I'm hurting them because I'm forcing them to conform to what? A religious Christian mask that does nothing for you, that helps you in no way. Right? As a leader, what are you doing? In your small group, are you trying to make your small group look like it's a professional, awesome Christian small group? You're supposed to be a broken group anyways, right? That's why you guys get together. In your ministry, what are you doing? What are you conforming people into? Okay? Paul says this very simply. If you are a leader, if you are a leader, the thing that you have to ask yourself the thing that I want you to pour into other people's life is this, not more do's and don'ts. I want you to pour into people's life the journey and the law in such a way 
where it actually brings them to a place of deeper love, where they're growing from the inside out, where there's dynamic change and transformation in their life. That's what you should be praying for. You shouldn't be praying for, let them be the way I want them to look like. Let them be what I think is socially acceptable in the church setting. You should be praying, God, may their heart change. Because if that changes, everything else comes to play, right? But if you don't change that part, you can put as many masks on you as you want, and you'll still be just as lost. And Paul knew this. That's why he commanded Tim to command these men, stop. Stop these men from doing these things, right? Now, what is the law? Okay, I know you guys think, well, the law, you told me, well, PT, like, the law is, uh, if it's applied improperly, it's, we're going to be damaged. If it's applied properly, we're going to be good. But what is it about the law that can actually change me? What is it about the law that has this power? What is, what is the law, right, that I'm supposed to properly apply here? Okay? Look at verse 8 through 11. That's what he says. He says, we know that the law is good if one uses it properly. Right? It's good. We also know that law is made not for the righteous, I'll get back to that a little bit, but for lawbreakers and rebels, the ungodly, sinful, the unholy, and religious, for those who kill their fathers or mothers or murderers, for adulterers and perverts, for slave traders and liars and perjurers, and for whatever else is contrary to sound doctrine that conforms to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which he entrusted to me. Right? And so what is Paul saying? What is the law? What is the point of the law? What is it that I'm supposed to be passing on? You know, for, I, I share this in the youth group uh, boys uh, retreat, when I share with the little seminar, I said, you know, one of the major characteristics of a man of God, right, is that your job is to protect God's word and to pass it on faithfully. When you do not protect the God, word of God and you do not pass it on faithfully, you get things like what? Adam eating the fruit, and then we're all screwed. You know, we could have been in the garden right now and chilling if Adam just merely did this. Stop. That's all he had to do. Just stop. That's it. And we would be chilling in the garden, we'd be naked, and we'd all be happy, right? It would have been, been perfect. All the homie had to do as she was eating the fruit, and she kind of, hey, Adam, you want some? Stop. That's it. Game over. We're still in heaven, right? Nope. Homie did what? You grabbed it? Ooh, interesting. Ate it. Done. Game over. Okay? And we're here to... Bring it back. Okay, we're here to go back to the garden somehow, right? Man, it is our job to protect this law. Now, check this out. What is the law? What is the point of the law? What is the point of what we're doing here? The law is not do's and don'ts. You guys get me? The law is not for you to think that if I follow it, I'm good to go. I'm all right. That's not what the law is. The law's purpose is one thing. is to show you you cannot make it. It's like one of, it's one of those things that it's a, it's a tutor and it's a guide for you to say, if you want to get to God, if you really want to get to God, then you have to be perfect. And if you want to be perfect, then here's 438 ways to do it. 438 things you have to keep in order to do it. Go for it. And even if you had the audacity to try, you know for a fact that after a while, you will come to the realization, what? I cannot complete these things. I cannot make it. The, the vast difference between me and God is so far, I cannot keep up this facade. It is too impossible. It is too difficult. And it's not about measuring how many you did right and how many you did wrong. It's literally, the answer is all of them or nothing. 
And the reality, as you begin to actually engage in the law, is you learn one simple fact. I cannot do this. I cannot get there. I cannot accomplish it. There is no way. That's the job of the law. You guys read me? The job of the law is not to show you, woohoo, you did good today, right? The job of the law says, see, I told you, didn't make it, right? Told you, can't do it. Told you, right? You cannot get there. The vast difference between you and God is so far. And you're thinking, but here's the problem. We don't think like that because we somehow think that we can actually come to God very easily. Do you guys realize this, 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 that, that, that mindset that you have, it's, it's, so, it's, it's so fundamental and it's so rudimentary that you don't realize the vastness and difference between you and God is so far. And you know this naturally, actually. You know this naturally, but you don't um, actually pay attention to it. Have you guys ever, like, you know, um, geeked out over uh, someone that you really like, like, really admire? Like a fanboy, fangirl over, over something? Like anime, or character, not anime, character, um, like a K-pop star, or, you know, like, a, yeah, right? And then, then when you see them, you get all, like, flushed out, like, oh, my God, like, I can't, I can't talk to them, I can't hang out with them. Like, and then, you know, your friend who's not, they'll be like, just go take a picture. No, what if they, what if they see me? Like, it's going to be weird. I can't do that. Like, they're just so beautiful. I just can't get there, right? You ever, you ever think like that, right? I mean, I, I, do this all, I, I, I don't do this with, with actors and actresses, but I, I do this over, like, pastors, right? Like, if, if it was a pastor that I really admire, I'm like, man, I geek. I mean, I, did I tell you the story about I geeked out over Tim Keller, right? I was in New York with my wife, and, like, my wife was like, you know, she's, she's not geeking out about Tim Keller. I was like, she's, and after the service, he was walking up to the stage. She's like, take a picture with him. I'm like, are you serious? That's Tim Keller. I can't even stand within the vicinity of him. Like, it's... It's like there's a holiness aura that I cannot pass, right? And she's like, oh, you stupid. Just go take a picture with him. He's coming up. You're going to miss your chance, right? And I'm like standing up, like what? looking as he comes up. And I'm like, dude, he's tall. All these thoughts in my like, he's so tall. Like, wow. I didn't realize he was this tall. Like, wow, look at that. Like, you, you can tell, like, he's in deep in thought as he's walking up the stairs, you know? And I'm, and I'm thinking, like, well, you know, if I, if, I, if I was to approach him, what kind of pedigree do I need to have in order to approach this guy? Like, I should... I should have written a book by now. I don't have a book written, okay? I should lead a pretty big church. I, I lead a very wonderful church, but not a very big church. So you don't know anything about that. that. Yeah, I can't approach him, honey. I, I just can't do it. It's like, honey. He's, and literally as he comes up, right, he's like, I'm like standing by the stairs, just like chilling, like, pretending like I'm okay. Homie walks up. I look at him, and he looks at me. And I was like, and I, I was like and I just nod. And he walks by, right? And Trisha was like, you're the worst. You know the worst. You're the worst, right? And you, you, you get what I'm saying. You can feel, you can feel the, the, the hardness of approaching someone that you actually admire and like, right? But the difference between you and God, I'll tell another story. I'll make fun of it this time, right? We were at, uh, we were at this one restaurant, uh, I think it was Bastia, and we saw Gordon Ramsay, right? We saw Gordon Ramsay at the restaurant. And I didn't geek out, but my wife geeked out. She was like, that's Gordon Ramsay. Wow, he's so tall, <laughs> right? And I was, like, I was like, what should we do? I'm like, what do you mean, what should we do? Like, you want to go say hi? I was like, what? No. That's Gordon Ramsay. It's like, maybe we should buy him a drink. I said, like, maybe we should go buy him a drink. It's like, what? Do you think you were worthy to buy Gordon Ramsay a drink? Like, you don't even know what he's drinking. I was like, oh, I just asked the bartender, what is he drinking? I'll buy him a drink. And he said, like, no. Then he might come and say hi to us. I was like, is that the point? No. Just let me stand here. <laughs> That's all it was. Just, just let me stand here. You know? And we, we understand this kind of like in the natural, I mean, it's a funny way, a funny expa- uh, explanation, but it's, it's, we understand it's a natural way. So someone that's kind of revered, someone that's a little bit important, we sense the distance already, right? And yet, when it comes to God, do you know that distance is magnified times infinity? 
that the idea of even approaching him, you know, we have this some weird thought, like, I'm, I'm just going to approach God. You're an idiot, right? If you actually met, if God showed up, we would all be dead, by the way. I mean, not if you have Jesus, but if, you, if, we, if we don't have Christ, the fact that we're approaching him would be just outside the realm of impossibility. And what the law tells us, okay, what the law tells us is this. He lists a whole list of, uh, of sinful behaviors or, or characteristics, right? Not to say, like, you got to do this in order for you to approach God. He lists these things out to tell you the law's job in your life is to show you you can't. Now, you know you understand the law. You know you understand the law when you've come to the realization of this, and you know that the law has done its tutoring job when you realize that you need extra help. Until you recognize that you need help, you do not understand the law. Until you recognize that you cannot do it on your own, you do not understand the law. And you're still caught up in wearing masks because you still think you can still do it. But Jesus is saying, why are you wearing, I am giving you permission to take off your mask. As a matter of fact, I want you to take off these religious masks. I want you to stop pretending that you are somehow holier and that you're going to make it. The law is to show you you cannot make it. It's meant to show you you need some help outside of the law. The law is to point you to one thing and one thing only. Who? Jesus Christ. And if you see that, the tutor has done its job. The law has done its work. The law has, the law show, has the power to show us that we are not righteous. It does not have the power for us to be righteous. But when the law points us to Jesus Christ, you know what happens? We become righteous through Jesus. That's why Paul says what? We know that the law is not meant for the righteous. Because Christ has fulfilled every single one. The one thing that he, we cannot do, he fulfilled it all. And he imparts that to you when you become his. For all those who call upon his name, he gave them the right to be called children of God. You are adopted into the family. His name is now your name. Right? His word is now your word. Who he is is now you. His inheritance is your inheritance. Everything that belongs to him belongs to you. His honor, his glory, his righteousness is yours. Not because you deserve it, not because you, it's, it's worthy, that you're worthy of it, but simply because he gave it to you. And he calls you righteous. And it's only because of him that that's possible. Only because of him. So if you continue to keep thinking to yourself, as long as I do enough good and not enough bad, I should be great. As long as I have the right image in front of certain people and whatever image I want to have in other, other people, if you keep on doing that, all you're doing is you're just constantly putting on one mask after another. You're just trading masks every single day. You're trading moments every single day, one thing for the other. And you're not allowing the power of the gospel to transform you from the inside out. Right? I'm giving you permission to take off your mask. Why are you wearing it? I'm giving you permission to stop being so tired of constantly have to playing these games of trying to impress certain people, trying to look a certain way, trying to keep up a certain persona, trying to, you know, do what I feel like is acceptable, right? And we have, we have stigmas like that in the church. I'm not going to lie. We want things to be perfect here, but it's not true. Oftentimes in, within the community of, the, of, of God, we have this, 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 this feeling, this sense of, you know what, 
I'm at a certain age, you know, eventually they're going to make me marry somebody. I, gotta, I guess I got to marry somebody, right? I don't know. Maybe, you don't, maybe that's not for you right now. It's not your season. Right? But it's that person who's like, well, maybe I need to get my life together, right? You get your life together because it sh- you should be getting your life together, not because you don't have, you're feeling a, a sense of, I got to pl- put on the, the mask of a, of, a, of a husband now. That's my next role. That's the next step in my life. Husband mask or wife mask, you know? But God's saying, would you be transformed from the inside out? So the question, again, goes back down to this. If you are a leader, if you are someone who has an investment in another soul, the instruction to you is this. Are you guiding them in a way that is transforming them from the inside out, or are you guiding them in a way for them to put on more masks? Paul commanded Timothy, command these men to stop doing that. And if that's you, I command you to stop doing that. At TLC, one of the rules we have is there's no such thing as a lost cause. I will walk with you for as long as you need me to walk with you. We will walk with you for as long as you need us to walk with you. Because we understand that love and growth takes time. And we understand that sometimes you want to put on the mask. We don't want your mask. We don't want it. We don't need it. Right? Take it off and walk with us. Take it off. Right? Sometimes people ask me, how come, you know, you know so-and-so's, you know, have you seen so-and-so's post? Why won't you say something? It's like, well, you know, they're at where they're at right now. Like, what do we want to do? Force them to change? Right? Make them put on another mask? They're at where they're at right now. We can warn them. We can love upon them. We can remind them. We can share with them the, the consequences of actions like that, but they're at where they're at right now. Let's meet them where they're at. Let's walk them there instead of saying what? Hey, put on a mask to where I'm at. You guys follow me? Right? The improper application of the law is always do's and don'ts. The proper application of the law is that it points you to Jesus Christ. Right? And if that happens, you're good. So, so as Paul says, let me just make sure you guys are following. As Paul says... We also know that the law is not made for the righteous. It's made not for the righteous. So that means that if I know Jesus Christ, PT, I don't have to really follow the law anymore. That's not, that's not true. That's not, that's not what he's saying here. He's saying the law is not made to point you to Jesus because you already got there. Right? You understand? The law now takes on a different role. Before you met Jesus, you were, it was your tutor and it was your guide to tell you you cannot make it. Now that you recognize that you needed the Savior and you called upon Christ and he became your Savior and Lord, the law now takes on a whole different picture. You know what the law is now? Let me flourish you. Let me help you grow now. The law is there. Say, if you trusted me with your whole life, then trust me with my instructions for you. That what I give to you is meant to flourish you, not to destroy you. Right? When you get into a relationship, there are unwritten laws in the relationship. You guys know that, right? Those who are married, there are unwritten laws. Like, you know, I was hanging out with um, a few of my uh, old college friends last night, you know, and we were reminiscing. And... You know, it's funny that back in the days, if, I, if we wanted to, we can say, hey, let's just, after church, let's get in the car, let's drive to Vegas. No question asked. We just get in, we drive to Vegas, done, right? Nowadays, it's like, well, hold on, we got to plan three months in advance, make sure the kids are off of school. Uh, I don't have vacation time. I'm sorry, man. Like, I have it, like, maybe for two days. So most I can do is maybe one, right? So like, it's, like, it's like all these different things because why? We trade one thing, right, for the relationship 
Now, this, I mean, if we left, our wives would kill us anyways, right? And so we trade the relationship. We, we, we trade that old thing for a new relationship. And in the, in, in the relationship, there are boundaries that will flourish the relationship. You guys get me? There are boundaries that's going to help flourish who you are. And so God is saying, you trust me, right? That's why you want this relationship. I've done everything humanly possible to show you that I'm all in for you. I gave you my only son. He gave you his life. He bled on the cross. He died for you. I've done everything to let you know that I am for you. So trust me when I ask you to follow these things. It's not to hurt you. It's to flourish you. I will never command you to follow things just because I just want you to. I'm asking you so that you can grow. So that the glory that's supposed to be in you will actually flourish deeper and deeper. Okay? The improper application of the laws leads to do's and don'ts. The proper application of the law leads to Jesus Christ. If you are a leader, my prayer is this. Lead your people to Christ. Not a confirmation, not to conform them to an image of TLC. Now, if you even imagine that there's an image here at TLC, if you imagine that there's a, there's, a, there's a Christian form that you have to fill out, right? I need you to stop and walk with them where they're at, be with them where they're at, and instill upon them a pureness of spirit, a conscience, and a faith that is driven only by knowing Jesus Christ. Point them there above all else. You guys get me? Are there responsibilities? Of course there's responsibilities. That's in a relationship. But point them there as your first and foremost goal and job. Got me? Right? And listen. Be, be weary of what you listen to. Be weary of what, you, what informs your life. The radios, the movies, the shows, the, the podcasts, whatever begins to inform your life. Be weary of those things and ask yourself the question, are these things really just more masked and more facades that I put up or are these things really changing me from the inside out? Do they, add, do they add value in such a way where they are growing me closer to my Savior? All right? Let's pray.